Good morning. I think we all get gold stars for coming out in this weather, don't we? For four weeks, we have heard the story of Abraham and Sarah. It is an epic tale of God's covenant with Abraham that leads to the covenant with Israel. And the, dr- <laughs> the drama continues through the rest of Genesis. Rebecca and Isaac, which we heard today. Jacob and Esau, their twins. Rachel and Leah, the wives of Jacob. And Joseph, Jacob's son, and his 12 brothers. As I read these stories, it is easy for me to become focused on the characters and their choices or to reflect on my own life and my choices. These stories, though, are also about God. Like all of Scripture, they are written at a particular time for a particular people and their community. And these stories reflect how those communities experienced God's redemptive work in their lives. They also offer us a place to reflect on the nature and character of God. Who is God that sends Abram out into the desert with only a promise? Who is God that leaves Sarah barren until she is of many years? Who is God that asks Abraham to sacrifice Isaac? Who is God that leaves Israel enslaved in Egypt for many generations, or sends John the Baptist to be murdered by Herod, or sends the disciples out like sheep among wolves? Who is God. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus has just finished teaching about the work of the Messiah. He admonishes the crowd, wondering why they've even come out to see John the Baptist. He reprimands them for their failure to recognize John and himself for who they really are. He commends the deeds of power that are happening all around them, The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. What more could they want? Here is God happening all around them. And yet do they believe that he is the Messiah, the revelation of God's kingdom among them? And after teaching and saying some really hard things, Jesus praise. Jesus honors the wisdom of those who believe in him because of the way he lives. He calls them infants, but not to diminish them or make them smaller, but rather to raise them up, to raise up the most vulnerable as an image of wisdom. Jesus unites the wisdom of vulnerability 
to the power of God. Jesus' prayer raises the lowest to the highest, uniting them to the power of God that is in him. And then he turns to the crowd. Come to me, he says. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. This is an invitation of the most imperative kind. If we want the wisdom of God, the power of God in our lives, follow me, Jesus says. For when we follow Jesus, we experience healing, life restored, grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, good news even for the poor. The yoke of Jesus, his burden is compassion and love, especially for the most vulnerable. Now, how many times have I heard that the God of the Old Testament seems different from the God of the New Testament? Often this statement is somehow rooted in our experience of stories, like last week's, the story of the almost sacrifice of Isaac. The narrator begins that story with this sentence, God tested Abraham. And when we hear it, we might recall Job's own suffering. Is the God of the Old Testament less compassionate, angrier, more vengeful? Is the God who tests Abraham the same God revealed in Christ. I wonder, I wonder how do we tell the story of God's activity in our own lives or in our community? Does God answer our prayers? Does God work miracles? Is God present with us in every circumstance? God seems very present with Abraham and Sarah in their stories. And two weeks ago, we heard God respond to Hagar and Ishmael. Jesus describes God's activity revealed in his life and ministry. And even the Apostle Paul describes Christ's intervention in his suffering, at least helping him persevere. Is the God in Sarah's barrenness, Mary's unexpected pregnancy, and at the empty tomb, the same? Who is the God that we experience in our grief, our joy, our uncertainty? The scriptures tell us the story of a God who is faithful. Read the story of creation and we find a God committed to love and the fullness of life. The scriptures from Genesis to the Psalms to the prophets describe God's desire to redeem creation. And Jesus reveals God's commitment to mercy and grace above all else. As we read the scriptures, all of them, we witness God lead and respond to creation. And these stories show us God's presence in and response to the very real realities of our lives. The hard part 
is the truth that God's presence and activity in our midst does not, does not resolve the realities of our condition. We might wonder in the story of Rebecca's betrothal to Isaac, did God answer her prayers? Did the crowd listening to Jesus feel relieved from their burdens as they listened to him? How does Paul's faith in Christ relieve him from the sin that dwells within him? And the stories of our lives weave together God's faithfulness with our realities, our griefs, our joys, our uncertainties. Perhaps, like me, you are weary from the many changes and chances of this life. Or maybe we are seeking some confirmation of God's love and activity in, our, in the world or in our lives. Maybe we're waiting, looking, listening for some direction or clarity, the wisdom of God to guide us. When the stories of Sarah, Rebecca, Abraham, and Isaac invite us to trust God's promises, and they offer us a way to witness God's activity in our lives, even as we wonder who God is and about our relationship with God, God is faithful to us. And Christ, God's own very self, given to us, living among us, invites us to trust, to trust God's redemptive love for all of us. And the same God who built a great family in the desert, raised Jesus from the dead. God's mercy and compassion, gentleness, humility, grace upon grace upon grace, always, always leads to life, even as we die. Today, Jesus invites us to come close, so close that we are yoked to God's love for creation. With this love, we find the assurance that God is the same God today as yesterday and tomorrow. Thanks be to God.